Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and will be joined by my co-host Nicole Frolic and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. Uh, I am here with Lisa and Rebecca Barfoot today. Rebecca has returned to the show. If you've missed any of her episodes, I highly suggest you go back and watch her. But for those of you who are new to the show, she is a multidimensional energy intuitive seer and channel. She awakened to spontaneous light language channeling several years ago, and she works with a powerful and playful team of elemental, indigenous, angelic, and galactic guides. She has starseed heritage of Syrian, Palladian, Lyran, and Andromedan origins, and she serves as a galactic ambassador to many star nations, delighting in the healing work she facilitates for a variety of extraterrestrial beings. Rebecca, welcome back to the show. Yay, it's so good to be here. For the second time. <laughs> for, the yeah, second time. for the second time. So to our audience, um, we, we tried recording this episode a few days ago and we thought we had it all. Well, we thought we had it all and we lost the first half. So we are re-recording the first half and we're just going to let it flow. We may repeat ourselves in the second half, which we want to keep in that we still have because Rebecca had some channeled messages in there that were really key and um, we want you to have them. So just keep that in mind. There's going to be a two-parter to this, uh, but we know you guys are super understanding of the technical, technological issues that happen with high-energy messages coming through. Lisa's been going through her own technological issues lately, and why don't you tell the audience, Lisa, what you've discovered, uh, what that means for you? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this whole thing is kind of my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were recording the episode with Rebecca the other, you know, few days ago, we kept dropping and we we tried a few different platforms to get it done. And finally, Brian and I just couldn't even do it anymore. So you guys had to kind of finish up without us. And then I'll just back up and say over the last, like, I don't know, maybe six, four to six months, I have lost so much information. My computer or an external drive that I've had um, has failed. It happened again yesterday. That was the third time. And um, a few months ago, I lost every one of my emails, like my Gmail account that had like, you know, mm. different folders and everything organized. I've literally watched them all disappear in front of my eyes no explanation. I have no idea how you could ever recreate that or make it happen. And the drive that I had um, that failed yesterday was, ca I called it Lisa. It was an external drive that I had all my business stuff on. And the way I'm interpreting this metaphor is that I just keep becoming a new version of myself. And I've just made so many changes over the last six months that it's like, every time I level up and move to that next level, everything in my computer like crashes or leaves me and I start over. So it's like I'm dumping data and I'm starting over. So I'm a fresh new Lisa today. You've <laughs> met me before. <laughs> <laughs> kind of oh, exciting. It, it mm. is. Well, Rebecca, thanks so much for taking the time out again to come back and do yeah, this with I us. No, I, as Lisa's talking, oh my God, I know that feeling, but I don't know if I know it that in that in depth, you know, close and personal, so commiserating and empathizing. 
Well, yeah, here we go. Yeah, and and you know, like this is this is kind of good in some ways because uh, we never got to talk about the twelve twelve portal, which is happening the day we release this, and it's a pretty strong and potent portal. Uh, a lot of twelves involved, as well as. Um, Chiron, the wounded healer, going direct on the 12th. So have you been feeling the energies, Rebecca, leading up to this portal? It's hard to, to, yes. I mean, there's so much moving in my life, but I'm like, is that, you know, is there's a lot going on on my end. So the energies are definitely high. Um, And, you know, on the 11-11, I got like, I was like, like flattened in a good way by all the things that came through that day, both for myself and with clients. So in on, you know, right now as we're before and after, like, like the day before the day after and throughout it's, it's potent. I feel it's potent. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how this goes today and, and tell us a little, you want to give a little soundbite of what you brought through in your, I know you um, released a YouTube today on that, didn't you? Yeah, well, I did, I did it, I did it live yesterday. Um, and, uh, it was interesting because while I was getting ready to do that, um, live, some messaging started to come in about, about, um, the children and the inner child, which is what we're going to be talking about on this episode. And I understand this 1212 portal because 12 is a closing out number. You know, it's, there's 12 months in the calendar year. Um, there are 12 astrological signs. Like it can be, it's very much holding like a closing out kind of energy ending. So there is this closing out, this healing coming through, but leading i also get the sense that it there's because we're closing out a decade as well and we're moving into 2020 uh the year of perfect vision um i received a download during that broadcast that we're going to be seeing the world through the eyes of children and we're going to be seeing ourselves through the eyes of children because children have this like they're so perfect when we come in, you know, we, we as beings, when we come into this life form, we're already perfect. There's no programming yet. There's no fears. There's like none of that. And we see, you know, you look at children and all they are love and all they see is love. And, and I feel like we're going to have that opportunity to see that through the eyes of children. And so many ways, 2020 um, is also the year about the child and the children. I think it's I a choice, that. you know, that we need to start acting more like children. And we were talking about it today in a, in a group that I was in about choices, like choice, children have choices and they don't think about like the consequences on, it's like they're in this playground of having choices where as we get older, we start thinking more in like this or that, or like, I can't do this because of that. And we, we act more out of, you know, from the ego, from the past and out of fear, instead of just in this playground of like, what if I did this? Or what if I did that? Or, you know, and opening up that, that field of instead of having it packed with only certain possibilities or certain things that you can do, and that you just kind of bust that wide open, you say, but what if I try this? Or what if I try that? And just see, you know, acting more like a child in terms of like, using your imagination and not coming from fear and being more playful and less judgmental, you know, all those types of things. Like, you know, children aren't um, racist, you know, they don't, they don't care about age. They don't care about gender. They don't care about color. They just want to have fun and they want to play and they want to interact with people. And, and to me, I feel like that's, you know, what we're kind of getting pushed and moved towards. Like we have to start thinking that way. I, I agree with you. Hard to get to, to all of that. Yes. Yeah. What have you been getting, Rebecca, about like the inner child lately? Oh boy, for for um, years, you know, my my client sessions were getting filled up with uh, um, messages from their children, and um, I I realized how important it was for the collective. It's important for our individual um, healing journey and our awakening journey to connect with. Um, what I call the the kids the kids inside the the the, the uh, 
child self in a lot of different manifestations, but for our collective awakening. And I think that's what Liz is saying too. Um, it's so needed now. And, and I think we're, I hear you saying that about the, the 1212 going back into, um, oh, the wisdom of the child and the, the child's connection to soul. I feel like there's such a main line to language of the soul. And um, mm, they're, they are the, the creators and the scientists, inventors, um, magicians, poets, myths, mystics, protectors, and, and very powerful guides, very powerful guides. And they come to us with so much, um, like their hands are full of gifts. And, and some of it's our wounds that we, you know, might want to look into deeper or need to understand better or our gifts or so many things, the, the power of pleasure and play and being nourished and to love and be loved. They really, that if I had to say, what are they about bringing us back into that, um, that human imperative to love and be loved and to be accepted? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it's, it's so, um, it's so potent. It's so, and, and I think about, you know, Lisa, for instance, I keep thinking about this. I am so amazed at your artwork. Um, the, Lisa's doing the, this, she's painting, which I think is part of like what your inner child's been really wanting to do, right? Yes. And mm. you're painting blindfolded. And I did. The, what comes out is stunning. <laughs> this is so great. Oh. Well, the one... I did one and I posted it because I'm doing that through a 365 day challenge, you know, doing something different every day. And so I posted one that I did blindfolded. I also posted one that I did right after that, that wasn't blindfolded, but, um, Brian told me, he just kept raving. He's like, that's literally the best painting you've ever done. The one that I did blindfolded. And that was really cool because I realized after I did that and I, and I don't necessarily agree with him that it's the best painting, but I learned a lot while doing it blindfolded because I'm critical. You know, we have this critic, this ever running ego. And so when I'm painting and I do something, my inner critic says, Oh, you know, like you didn't color all the way in between the lines straight, or, you know, you need to go over that again. And, and I'm, I feel like I'm always like kind of trying to fix stuff and doing, doing it blindfolded may help me see that, it's okay to just do it how you feel and not judge it to have to be something else. So I think some of my paintings going forward are going to be a little bit different because I want to allow myself to paint the way that I did when I was blindfolded. I, corrections. I love it. And Rebecca, as like someone who is an incredible artist, like how does that, um, how does that land with yeah. you? Oh, totally. Yeah. The kids want to, a lot of times when, like in my client sessions, um, when they're meeting their inner child, maybe for the first time, like they will, they, they show them something that that's creative that they've always longed to do. And maybe it's, they come with a paintbrush, you know, um, <laughs> or, or a, um, you know, one of my clients learn light language through connecting with his inner child in, um, that's been awesome to watch that unfold. So they do, they have a main line to the creative thread, which is uh, something, I guess we've already said this, that's been, we've been um, routed away from through our training in um, this particular uh, timeline to, to lose contact with it's, And it is, it's kind of losing contact with these beautiful aspects of our own soul. And so we become separate, but this is a way to reconnect. Well, let's talk about reconnecting with the inner child for our listeners who may not understand how to connect with their inner child. Like what would your advice be or your guidance, Rebecca? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. Um, wow. It, I would say, first of all, um, just creating the space for which you can really be still and listen without, uh, with curiosity and no expectation. Um, so maybe if you're in meditation or you're, um, maybe you pick up a brush and ask them to come through. But it's, I think the supplication first and foremost um, to extend a hand and say, I really want to know you. I really want to know you. And then just 
sweeping away our adult mind. It's not that easy, but, but opening ourselves to um, a wisdom that might come through, an energy that might come through. And it might take a little while and it might not. You could look at a picture of yourself at a certain age. That can be a really useful age. Um, and just really look, really be with them, really see them. Um, you might imagine if you, you know, have a good visual inside, you might feel or see them sitting on your lap or just holding them. They really, upon first meeting a lot of them, they just, they just want to meet us again and maybe they want to, you know, touched a little or you all feel it, you feel it. So there's so many different ways and it's so, it's unique as for the individual, but that connection is definitely there for all of us, young or old, male or female. And the, and the guy, you know, the uh, one of the guys I'm working with is he's probably in his 70s and he was one of the ones who's learning light language through his little boy. So that's amazing. Um, it's, it's so nice to hear more of the masculine uh, tuning into that um, creative and feminine aspect within them that is so healthy. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Yeah, it's such a new language. I mean, I feel like my heart feels so um, just soft and tender as we're talking about all this. Um, and for the magic we create together collectively when we tune in like this. Um, oh, this a lot of emotion coming through. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. talk about let's talk about the actual healing that can happen through working with your inner child or playing with your inner child, meeting, listening, all of that. What what sort of healing? can happen and what really stands out that's been super potent through your observance uh, with clients? Mm, yeah. Oh, wow. It's both a, um, it's both sides of the spectrum of healing. Um, boy, uh, recognizing triggers, we could say healing, um, you know, maybe some of our core wounds um, and a lot of what comes up for many of us. And this includes myself and my work with my, my own children and my own uh, girls that I work with, let's say, is um, not feeling seen or heard is a big one from, I think, running through the, the whole family of humanity. It's another human need is to be seen and heard and known. And, and that is really healed, even upon first meeting, when you extend a hand to the, you know, the child self, there's an enormous upwelling of reconnection and that happens. And that is so healing right there. But also the, um, ooh, the recovery of our gifts and like, like Lisa painting, you know, like, wow, I never even knew I wanted to do this. <laughs> I never knew I wanted to dance or, or make sound with my vocal cords or go look at the sky or roller leaves or something like that. Um, they can show us a lot of emotions that we've had really stuck. Like my four-year-old has been like um, working through a lot of wrath, wrath, just wrath. Like <laughs> I am so angry. I mean, that's not her eternal stance, but um, letting me know like, Hey, this has been submerged for like a few decades. It's time to, time to be with that so and again it's always it's somehow the kids are are so healing to work with because they teach us how to be with ourselves with curiosity rather than judgment um really genuine connection there a lot of ease a lot of love and a levity that that um is so accessible and available even if we're working with deep dark material you know there's a there's workability to do it because of the child aspect. Mm. Well, that's actually really, I think, important to touch on because I'm going through it. And I think some of the advice that's come through our sessions is really valuable for people to understand that when you're working with the inner child and you start to get to some of the trauma and some of the really painful um, stuff. And if someone, like for instance, you know, in my, in my case, there's something really scary trying to surface that I've uh, really repressed, but the guidance that came through was to um, focus more on just embracing the inner child and letting her know how um, love she is, just 
like really giving her that tender, loving, nurturing um, energy instead of worrying about the story. And so can you kind of like speak to that for the audience to understand why the story isn't as important as the actual emotional connection? Mm, yeah, this is great. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Well, yeah, so the a lot of times in our um, adulting mind, you know, um, the parent mind or whatever, the, the, uh, the orchestrator, you know, wants to come to a solution. So, of course, we're using our linear mind to get to an answer. We want to know what happened. We want the information when really the kid just wants to talk about how he or she is feeling about it first. Maybe that's the, that is often the most important thing. Like, again, the need to be seen and heard. Can you just hold me? I have something scaring me or I feel sad about can you, or I'm pissed off about. Can you, can you just be with me? I want you to see this first. You know? um, and we, if we look at our you know, adult conflicts, how much is, is, is getting lost in translation sometimes because we're trying to figure out why things happen versus can we express the actual emotional content? Can we see each other in ourselves in whatever emotional aspect is coming forward? Why a voice? So I hope I don't know if I answered the question, but um, yeah, the the need to just experience the emotions, the the energy of whatever's happening, rather than the information around it. I know for me, I've been doing a lot of work with the inner child, and it's it's more just about a moment to moment sort of thing, where it goes hand in hand with your triggers. Like the triggers are perfect to bring to your awareness those stuck feelings that your inner child so wants you to go back and feel, like you said. So it's like when a trigger happens, it's a rejoicing moment. It's like, okay, how do you feel about this? And like, maybe she just wants to be sad or maybe she just wants to cry or maybe she just wants to get really pissed off. And instead of trying to like Nicole said, not judge, judging that anymore and just allowing. It's just about allowing yourself to feel what it is that you feel and comfort that inner child and be there and let her know that she's safe and 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 basically like turning it off where it was turned on. So you know if something like you weren't seen and you weren't heard as a small child, you know, you're gonna bring that back into your reality now of not being seen and not being heard. But now we we're older and we have new tools and we can say to our inner child, like this time we're going to show up differently. We're going to show up differently in this trigger. So when someone, you know, speaks disrespectfully to us or uses a tone or whatever your trigger is, you can say, um, could you say that to me in a different way? Or you can choose to walk away and say, I'm not going to subject myself to this type of, you know, energy or behavior, and you get to stand up for your inner child. And for me, that's what I've been doing that I can feel she's starting to feel more safe all the time with me because she's like, wow, you really are standing up for me. Like for all those years that you didn't, now you're using your voice. Now you're walking away. You're not letting people say things to you that you might have not even noticed were disrespectful in the past. Because that's one thing I've noticed as I've done this work is I've become like where I was desensitized to certain types of behavior, I now have more of an awareness over them. It's like if you're an abused child and you're always abused or people are always talking down to you, to you, that's the norm. So you might not even notice that that's happening around you where your friend who you know, didn't experience that, she could be listening going, why would you let him talk to you that way? And you're like, what? You know? And so I'm noticing things that I didn't notice before and, and using my voice for my inner child. And I can just feel that that connection is getting stronger. It's, it's, it's helping me feel more self-confident and more secure and able to stay more in the present moment than I was able to before. That's such good wisdom to pass on mm-hmm. to our listeners. Like really powerful. Mm. You know, I want to ask, I, in our first recording that we did the other day that we lost and, and I kept falling off and didn't get to hear a lot of it anyway, but Rebecca, you had mentioned something about there were three aspects 
of an inner child? Or- oh, no. Oh, I was probably talking, I was probably talking about my own experience and in the general um, gist of, of actually working with many different aspects of um, the child self. So I see them as individual autonomous and very independent beings. Um, like I see the child at four or five or six, whether it's me or a client I'm working with. Um, so there's many. And right now um, I'm working with a, an infant and a four-year-old and a 17-year-old the most. Um, so I, that may have been what you were thinking of. Yeah, we actually had a listener question. It was a two-part question and we actually forgot to answer the second part. So maybe this is a great time. The listener um, asked about the inner child where she is experiencing that she has three inner childs show up to her at the same time often. Um, and they're more like, in an, like each one has its own personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely, that's, that's not uncommon. Did she have a question about that? Or yeah, she's she just asking like why? what that, yeah, why that is. And then also what does it mean when someone else shows up with their inner child? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So, well, um, the showing up with somebody is I'm introducing you to somebody we need to talk to, whether it's, um, you know, uh, like a twin flame or a friend or a family member we need to speak with or someone who has passed. A lot of times that happens. Um, I have one of my, uh, my kids who is a bringer, like when I'm working as a medium and she brings the, the, uh, the uh, dead person in to do the reading, you know, for the client. Um, so it's always introducing. It's an introduction that is needed and it's safe when the kid, when the kid brings them, we know it's safe for us to connect there. Because oh. they, the, they are the discerners, you know, um, as I think Lisa was saying, you know, they kind of have a main line to what is okay, where we sometimes as adults have gotten our radar skewed, our inner compass sometimes gets off. And, and like Lisa was saying, like, oh, I didn't realize that was not really a way I wanted to be talked to. Like the kids, you could, I feel like you can always, they're always a trustworthy voice. So I think maybe I said previously, you know, they're not just little kids who don't know anything. Um, they are, I mean, they're a mainline to our truth in a lot of many, many powerful ways. So they're big, they're big, their energy is big. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're, you tell your client to, um, to have a listen into whoever, whoever's coming in, you know, that, that her child is bringing very cool. And, and that idea of having multiple inner childs, like, well, I've never had, you know, I've never had more than one show up. Although recently, this has been really interesting to me. Um, my niece shows up with my inner child. <laughs> oh, how fun. Yeah. And so my little niece, Nora, who's three years old, she's been showing up a lot. And I feel like she's bringing in a level of bravery and also an element of inquisitiveness that I think my own inner child is scared to um, fully let go right now, uh, mm-hmm. which is what, what you know, I'm working with her on. So it's been interesting. So she's been bringing her in um, into my like meditations and stuff like that. And I also, you know, you said before, like connecting having a picture of yourself at different ages uh, in your younger years is really helpful because oftentimes I'm seeing certain outfits and hairstyles from the different ages of wherever I'm connecting with. And it's different every time. It's never the same. So there could be something within that time frame that is important to heal that um, you need to connect with. And so it makes total sense why you would have multiple <laughs> variations of um, your inner child to connect with. Yeah. Well, and they can bring us back to real specific incidences too. Sometimes if that's something that we need, you know, that we actually need to go back and look at or retrieve a gift from or you know, heal in some way mm-hmm. or remember for, for whatever purpose. Sometimes, you know, I've been taken back 
into really happy memories and to really sit with that to um, it's like I'm in training with at a cellular level the mem felt sense of happiness um, which is so beautiful like that's lovely if we if we feel like oh the inner child work is it's all about you know this big heavy resurrection of terrible wounds I mean there's this uh, you know um, she takes me back to a place where we're like swimming in the sea like a real memory mm -hmm. and, um, that washing through of this complete spontaneous it's like rapture i mean it's like blast off so i sit with that for a while and it's that's pretty cool um totally so <laughs> i i actually i had um I, I remember a time it must have been like maybe two years ago i was working with my inner child and she brought me to the front house of the first house i lived in and i saw her sitting on the front walk playing with my snoopy snow cone maker <laughs> And I loved my Snoopy snow cone maker and she was just so happy making it, you know, whatever. And then I heard my dad call in from the backyard and this is after I had done a lot of healing with my dad, you know, like our relationship had transformed and he had become really accepting of who I am and what I'm doing and all that stuff. And she ran through the door. She went through the front door and I saw her running through up the stairs, across the kitchen, out to the back porch. She ran down and she just ran into his arms and he picked her up and he was swinging her around. And it just, I, it was just really cool to see such a really joyous. And I, I remember seeing my little frog kitty pool in the backyard. <laughs> and, and, and so it's really interesting to be brought back to some of these memories and also be enjoying that really happier times or also seeing some shifts in the timeline because of the work that we've done now totally. with other relationships and seeing it play out in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can shift the timeline in, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's like, I see, you know, healing going back in, and maybe we mentioned this on the last, the last bit that we recorded, but the, the healing going back into, say, my childhood, but back into the ancestral realm and out into like siblings or um, just, it's kind of wild what can then begin to happen because we're, we're going to the door and unlocking it, but then that, that vibration of healing and love can be extended to uh, everywhere in your timeline and through the family line. Yeah, talk about that, uh, Rebecca, because we didn't we did talk about it in the first recording and that got lost about the how this work goes into the ancestral lines and the bloodline karma. Oh, okay. I forget what we said where. Yeah. Um, so wow. Well, I did kind of just say that that I've always seen with my own work and then with clients too. A lot of times the the um, when we begin to go back and maybe we're we are healing something that was difficult for us and maybe it's a pattern um that's that's really gotten passed down or that other family members have struggled with whether it's some kind of sexual abuse or uh, physical violence or addiction in the family any kind of um uh, negative malevolence going back for generations that may have been seeded from off-world beings um maybe there's a bloodline um entity which i've seen in my own family which is kind of creepy but it it does it really if, if our if we have a clear intent for the healing to be passed down through the gen previous generations then you know we we are powerful co-creators and if our intent is strong and clear um, around doing that it can really reverb over time back into the uh, bloodline and ancestral codes so Ooh, it's, it, it takes it to a new level, doesn't it? When you yeah. Like can, can, sorry, can you, I'm curious, yeah. can you talk about that bloodline entity? Like, what, what do you, what do you mean by that? Oh, far out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. It's going to get a little personal. So working with some of my own early life, um, there's some really dark stuff that I'm excavating there that's taken me decades to get to that I'm really struggling with um, wanting to see and not wanting to see. But uh, over time and a long apprenticeship to working with this pretty much nonstop, you know, I was shown um, like the seed of malevolence planted by, uh, I would say off-world beings and some of the, the dirty work being carried out through um, trauma-based mind control 
in um, the family and passed down, passed down and, um, and seeing generations of this and how it was being done with um, basically dark ritual and mind control and some of it was influenced by off-world beings. Um, so sort of the light to keep it there. Uh, but does that kind of uh, explain a little bit? I mean, it's, it's okay. looking at the bigger picture of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what you're saying, so I was just, I, I, yeah, I was, I, I, I don't want you to go somewhere personal where you're not ready to go. But no, this, no, no, it's fine. This idea yeah. of there are, there can be certain entities that are infiltrating certain bloodlines to, is it more to mm, manipulate the bloodline or keep it in a vibration? Low vibration. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, we think about the Illuminati. Illuminati families, um, let's say, for example, and why are these uh, certain things perpetuated through a family? Well, it's so certain beings can feed off the energy, and the energy is drained, passed on through trauma, and then the, the vibration, the dense vibration of whatever happens when there is a trauma, um, which is intense. You know that you have a sexual trauma or something else from a ritual, and that scrambles the wires for a lifetime. And so being an entity, let's say, is kind of the hench person, like, you know, the assist for the off-world beings um, can come in and feed and kind of be the main line to get the energy, the life force energy, which is being drained from you or from someone in the family. I see. Off where, the, let's call, call them the controllers want to feed off of it. Mm -hmm. Does that make more sense? It's sort of like, what are we talking about? Like, that sounds nutty. But <clears throat> no, I, I, I mean, we like nutty over here. <laughs> Bring on the nutty. Uh, where's Brian? Where's Brian? I know. Poor Brian. You know, I, I actually yeah. wish Brian. Brian? He's missing a good. <laughs> because I wanted him to tell his story of his inner child that mm. he told us the other day, Nicole. I know. But, yeah. Well, I want to tell it. I guess I'll tell it for him but um he recently decided that it was a good idea to connect with his inner child which you know he describes it as that he's had locked in the closet for you know 30 40 years whatever it is and and when you first start out like you just don't really know what you're doing you're just like okay um inner child are you in there like sorry i abandoned you and you just you know you don't really know what you're doing and so he's just been talking to his inner child and he said he went, he got into bed one night and he was lying there and he realized, Oh darn, like, I don't think I've connected with my inner child for several days. So he said he saw like not with his eyes visually, but he felt he, he described it as being more like an energy that kind of peaked around the corner in the bedroom. And he, he felt that it was really real like that there was this energy there and he started to have a conversation with his inner child and as he was describing it to nicole and i he was saying you know i know it wasn't just me it wasn't like me having a conversation with myself i really felt like i was having a conversation with someone else that was interacting with me and so he had this conversation and, and then he got really tired and he said he, he dozed off to sleep and then he woke up suddenly and he was like, oh no, like, are you still there? And he said, it was just silence. And he's like, and I know that if it was me having the conversation with myself, I would have just answered myself back, <laughs> but nobody was there and it was just silent. So then he said, oh, I thought, well, maybe I'll have a conversation with someone else. And he was like, maybe I'll have one with my ego. And then he said, oh no fuck that. I'm not talking to my ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. Yeah. That happens on a daily consistent basis. <laughs> yeah. Moment to moment. We, yeah, your ego can go in the closet. So he's like, Oh, maybe my higher self will talk to me. And he said, and as soon as he said that a voice popped in and he knew he was talking to his higher self. So he had a, a kind of a vision after asking his higher self a question, but I thought that was really cool from someone like Brian you know, his experience and his willingness to work with his inner child. And, and just for people who have never done this type of work and you feel like, oh, that just sounds a little weird or I don't know, or, you know, just 
just do it. Just ask, start asking yourself questions and see what happens. You know, you may be surprised. It's like what Rebecca said in the beginning, like don't have any expectations, just go in curious. Right. Mm. Cause your child is curious and your child just wants to be recognized, you know, they just, oh my want, gosh. they want you to know that they're there. They want you to acknowledge their pain and their emotions and their feelings that we have just shut off for so long to be, you know, the good girl or the good boy or the survivor or, you know, the good student or, you know, whatever it is that we've just pushed those feelings away and we haven't felt them. And, and our inner child's like stuck holding them. And, and that's what sabotages our life. You know, that's why we can't manifest what we want. We get these mixed manifestations and these triggers and all that. It's all, held our inner child holds all of it mm. and all our gifts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep absolutely <laughs> well said. Well said. absolutely well rebecca thank you so much for coming back on to do part one again with us um i just think thank no, you you're welcome <laughs> and on to part thank two you. yeah so okay. to our listeners the next part will commence shortly lisa won't be with us um i think brian pops in momentarily they think they get a connection and then they drop out right away um but so just bear in mind this we're, <laughs> this isn't gonna have the same flow our show usually does but uh the information is super valuable so we're bringing it in So uh, what you're going to hear now is part two with uh, Rebecca and myself. Okay, yeah, so we've got a few technical difficulties happening here. We don't know, Rebecca, if it's the information that we're sharing that they don't want out there. (laughs) Um, Brian and Lisa will shortly be back. Uh, But do you want to continue? Yeah. Um, Boy, we were talking about the thread of, you know, how does this relate to um, newer teachings? And I was speaking on, you know, just the generation of compassion in our world rather than aggression. Um, and, and how this, in a humble way, can, is actually bringing our, not only our inner child, but the collective child into synergy with um, the vibration, we could say, of love, of love. Um, I mean, the child has been used for nefarious purposes in our world for millennia. It's because they're potent. And when we bring them back into the positive light, huge changes emerge across, you know, across society, I feel. So it leads us back into unity. Can you go into detail as to why they use the children or the child to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, why the the uh, <laughs> the matrix to the controllers, or mm-hmm. however you want to call it, the um, ooh, lot of lot of stuff there. Well, because I mean, children are innocents, and if we're beings that have lost contact with our own soul, I mean, the soul, the soul and the child are almost synonymous there. Um, if the child is is innocence, is creativity, is life force itself, and uh, rejuvenation. Well, why would, uh, you know, yeah, if, if a being um, that is not serving the highest good, for example, um, has lost touch with the soul, then they might want to use the energy of a child to get it back or some kind of ritual happens so that they can take the child's energy. And then this produces mass distortions in the culture. Um, yeah, it's uh, really hard to talk about that stuff. It's, it's tough yeah. stuff for us to bring up in in the world now but it's 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 actually so happening and been happening and it's 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 a very it's like trigger 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 like okay don't talk about it people don't want to hear about it but that's the thing it continues when we don't put light on it yeah i i'm i'm seeing more than ever now i mean when you really start to wake up to what's kind of going on and how the child is used and when i say that i mean in in general sense um through the collective Mm-hmm. how the child is used to destroy the value and belief system internally from such a young start point that it will then infiltrate into all of the ways we um, interact with the world. Uh, I, I just see now more than ever how and why it's so important to protect our children at this current time, like in, 
coming in, like leaving 2019 and going into 2020, why we need to so much protect our children and the innocence of children? Absolutely, Nicole. It's so true. I mean, like I have like like that shivery feeling of yes, 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 as you're talking, speaking on this, as we're talking about it, there's such a a dynamic yes happening in my whole body. It is so true. Like, so reiterating that, you know, when we do this singular work with ourselves, with the child and our child selves, that resonates and reverbs across the whole collective. And the more of us doing it, the higher the vibration becomes for our whole society in the systems you know the the negativity dissipates so we start to regain our collective power which i think is totally revolutionary yeah i think you know as when i was growing up you know through like my teenage years and my 20s i didn't really think it was that big of a deal you know the innocence of a child and and perhaps that was you know, some of my own pain coming through and and not really feeling very healed within without ever having any conscious awareness of that. But you're right, the more I do work with my inner child, and the more I heal that, the more I start to see how important preserving the, the child's experience through those years is and protecting that innocence. And you're right, as more and more of us do that, and we do our own healing, that does reverberate across the entire collective. And it starts to shift the way we um, allow, or I should say not allow, this system, this matrix to destroy that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, again. <laughs> it's so great. And be- because we become empowered. We it's about, you know, empowering all of our life force energy um, to become cohesive and coherent in us as adults. Uh, so we can self-actualize. Self-actualization is the last thing the matrix wants of us. We, you know, if you, if the child is the root and the seed and the blossom, you know, if you cut that off in early life and, and create a lot of confusion or you know, introduce abuse there um, in many forms, any form at all, then the adult is going to be stuck. And so we're just healing collective wounds. And also um, we're bringing in collective gifts because I think I said at the beginning, it's, it's about working with our wounds and healing, but it's also about working with our gifts. I mean, when I think about, you know, ch- children are very deeply sensitive, empathic, and it's childhood is connected to the intuitive realm. Ooh, Yes, let's talk about that because yeah. that that actually came up in my last session, which I didn't, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, well, how come you didn't know that, Nicole? But, you know, it just <laughs> did it, didn't dawn on me. You know, sometimes we don't connect the dots and they're right in front of us. But I think the audience might be interested to understand this. I'm sure some of them already do. Yeah. But this idea of, you know, when we talk about our intuitive gifts coming more online, coming more to the forefront, really strengthening, one of the things that came through for me was because I wasn't listening to the inner child, I was shutting it out, I didn't want to see something, I didn't want to hear anything, um, that was actually, because I was putting up a block there, it was blocking also intuitive gifts from coming in, certain things that are trying to merge um, and emerge, and it, and I think... It, can we talk about that? How how healing the inner child actually turns on more of our intuitive gifts as well? Totally. I think I think you said it. Um, it does. Well, you know, um, the, the the kids communicate in a different language, and I think I said that. You know, it's not always in linear adult language. Sometimes it very much is, but it's um, through um, they're little. They're you know they're mystical the kids, and and we if we go back into some of our memories may find like oh, I totally lived in an intuitive realm until like, I don't know, I went to school and then, then I had to learn all this other stuff and I kind of forgot. But, so we start to bring that in, that main line of intuition. And so, so that's what working with my own, um, I call them my girls, mm-hmm. <laughs> my four-year-old and six-year-old share things with me about galactic contact that we had early in life. Um, but, and, and also, uh, they can, the kids can connect us with star families and lots of, um, oh, they just help us get our vision back, our knowing, our, um, the power that comes through that intuition that, that we actually all have, regardless of, you know, whether we were consider ourselves indigo children. It doesn't make any difference. We all have this and just we lose our way. Again, with the training, we are all 
kind of indoctrinated in, we might not be able to hear that voice anymore. So that's powerful when we um, sort of like right brain, left brain, N not entirely, but we're trained to be quite linear. And so the intuitive language, you know, when I'm tr coaching somebody to get their, their um, intuition going and, and get their, their own clear sentience on, on tap again, you know, we, we do work with the child and their children to help bring that back. And, and they're, they're spontaneous. The kids like what they want to paint and they want to dance and they want to sing. And all those things help us get in touch with um, the creative side as a deep, deep union with the uh, intuitive side. Yeah, I think I saw a post about that on Facebook. And I'm trying to think about who I saw. Maybe it was Jessica Alstrom who posted it or mm. someone about how painting... Um, painting alone within just a few minutes maybe five or ten minutes completely shifts the vibration of where you're in and also activates or connects you into um like a uh, more intuitive aspect mm -hmm. yeah absolutely well you know i spent 25 years as a professional studio artist and um <laughs> I, I always joke like i think it was just training me to become a seer and <laughs> a psychic so totally totally I don't know how I got away with that but um, I'm so grateful you know sometimes for me on my own personal journey I think well what would have happened if I had you know whatever xyz choice that I had made like I'm so grateful like even though I always you know the oddball me um, that feeling I'm so glad that things have worked out in this way yeah Oh, look, look, we have, we have Brian Do and Lisa. Do we have Brian and Lisa here again? They're back. No, our can internet is absolute shit, and we can <laughs> hear, like, every other word. Oh, oh, no. This is what happens when you upgrade. <laughs> oh, this is... oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. So, uh, they've dropped off again. Uh, Rebecca, um... Would you be open or able would, to see if there are any um, galactic messages about the inner child that want to be shared at this time? Oh, I will. Let me, yeah, let me put my different hat on here. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it's don't don't see the children as um, small and impotent. See them as your biggest, highest, brightest uh, way showers on the way to the union of your human family. This is important work to be done now. Don't think it is only humble. Think it is powerful because you are powerful and you are showing the way. You are all way showers into the new light of the new earth and on into the eternal realms. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, like you have all the tools you need for the journey. So, oh, very sweet. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that and I love that um, concept of viewing them as powerful and not small and fragile. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I get so I keep talking about my four-year-old, um, my, my four-year-old alter. She is one of my most powerful guides, actually. And it was—it's sort of like I had to de-untrain uh, my belief systems around what a child could be of that age. Um, so she shows me things. She's the bringer in a lot of my sessions who shows me like when there's um, like a dead person, a person who has passed, who's coming in for a client, for example, um, when I'm doing medium work, or um, will show me a new galactic, or she kind of grabs me by the elbow and comes and says, look. Um, it, very true. And my 17-year-old has been trained as a shaman. This happened a couple years ago. I saw her training with my parents from an indigenous life. And uh, she is now like a medicine healer. And so she is like, get out of my way. I mean, she's way more st strong in her voice than I am. I'm like a meek, whatever, Rebecca. And she's like, you know, 
goddess person. I, I don't even know what happened to her. So I, I feel like I've been training with her now. It's quite potent. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, how are you working to merge her in so that that's all in union? Yeah, well, we're working on it. It's, um, I turn to her for guidance a lot, actually. Um, you know, it's that time of my life, I was going through a suicidal period, like not aware of all the abuse that had happened to me. Um, that I was then taking out on myself and self-hatred. And she, it's interesting that that, it speaks of our vulnerability and strength. The kids bring us our vulnerability. They bring us our most powerful self too. So merging those, the, the most vulnerable aspect of my life, and later on, my late 40s now, is, is merging this, wow, from the deepest depths of horror came the most powerful vision I could have for myself. So um, it's being integrated slowly. Mm. Sometimes I turn to her and say, can you help me say something smart on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah, no problem. That's not a problem. You don't mean me to do that. She shows me the way when I get a little lost for sure. Oh my goodness. That's so cute. Because from my perspective, I'm like, how could you like everything you say is so incredibly powerful and, and wise and intelligent. So that's so interesting. And and so thank you for, for being vulnerable. And and, yeah, it's something I'm definitely going through right now, just admitting my vulnerabilities and where I put on the facade of being strong, but I'm actually not. <laughs> well, and there we go back into new earth. You know, one of the things as I kind of move through some conflicts with people in recent months um, in my own life, is like, okay, well, if I'm going to model something that I want to see in the world, what is it? It's actually being very vulnerable. Like I have to be the one first who's going to express my feelings. I have to be in touch with those feelings and needs and then be able to express my feelings and needs in an articulate and um, uh, skillful way, you know, with the other party. So just teaching myself new skills mm. um, to connect. So that helps me move forward into uh, doing something better just, just for the planet and for myself, my own life. And I think this idea too of being vulnerable and connecting that to the new earth teachings, that mm-hmm. that is very much a part of us taking off all the masks that we've been wearing mm-hmm. and, and really allowing that more um, raw and authentic part of us to come forward because we will all start connecting from that place. You know, I just feel like we'd be making leaps and bounds, like quantum leaps in ultimate healing on a collective level. Totally. Oh, Nicole, so well said. So well said. Um, yeah, it, it does. It, I'm so grateful as we're talking from my practice that, that teaches, I mean, meditation practice is what I mean by that. I'm holding space for myself to be so naked. And it's helped, it's helped me over the years become more that way. And um, to me, it really, I'm always challenged to come out of hiding. You know, I had a moment today where I was like, maybe the podcast will be you know, close. You know, you know, if you've been to my YouTube channel, you know that I have never put my face up there. I always put recording up. So it's, it's like the work I do in the world now really challenges me to come out of hiding. And because um, in my early life training, it was like, stay hidden, you'll be safe. Um, you know, you're bad, you're in trouble, bad things are happening to you. It's because you are bad. You know, so I'm, I work, I've had to work so much in my life to come out and regain my power. I'm sure that's why my 17-year-old came was trained by my past life parents to be a healer and a, a woman of power. So I, I have a long way to go still, right? But the, yeah, thank you for letting us talk about vulnerability. So important as we move forward and like the teaching to remind myself of and, and all of us. It's okay to be vulnerable. That's the, that's the human condition. Yeah. And I think it's why I was so um, nudged by my internal guidance system to do the Ron Real series that I've initiated and and doing that mm. live mm-hmm. like yeah yeah like there's no editing and there's it's just coming out like and whatever comes out is just what it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's scary you know i've been doing this podcast for over two and a half years we, we've got well over 125 episodes i have over 200 videos on my youtube channel and i for some reason these raw and real videos when i do them i am so 
terrified. Like I am <laughs> really terrified. I, I, I start going into, I start sweating before I get on online. I, I yeah. start having to like really pump myself up. Like you can do this. And I'm just thinking to myself, how, how where is this coming from? Because yeah. everything else is so easy. You know, this mm -hmm. podcast has become very easy for me, which is great. I'm very grateful for that. My YouTube channel is, is, you know, whatever it is, whether it's tarot readings or just regular, it's very easy for me. But this raw and real series that I'm doing, it is definitely, it is pulling something up that I didn't know was there inside of me that was so scared. Oh, wow. Yeah. And don't, don't, I mean, don't you feel like that's such a universal too? You know, we all have this shaky place inside. I mean, you could appear as the biggest, toughest guy on the block and still have this, like, that, the inner child gets us into that place and gets us to um, be okay with explore, just exploring it a little. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's okay. This is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, who, am, who am I really beneath all the masks, as you said? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, what are you, what have you got going on that um, some of our listeners, if they want to get in contact with you, are you doing any um, community readings or community workshops? Ooh, I am mostly doing private sessions right now. So um, there will be more community stuff in the new year. But um, yeah, there's a, is an a, a inner child healing session available exclusively on my website that is just devoted to this particular work that we're talking about today. Okay. So people can go to your website, um, RebeccaRoseBarfoot.com yes. and check that inner child session out. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Beautiful. And um, for those of you who don't know, Rebecca and I are... Um, collaborating together on a uh, Oracle deck and yeah. it's quite fun. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, Rebecca, you just inspire me. Your artwork is so gorgeous for those of our listeners who don't realize or, or know Rebecca mm. is very much a beautiful artist. Her work just speaks on such a deep spiritual level. And I feel so honored to be collaborating with you on an Oracle deck on oh yeah uh, thank you i'm excited about it <laughs> yeah the oracle jack project hopefully hopefully we'll be able to release that sometime in 2020 um as yeah. we work on it and um it's it's beautiful rebecca do you want to leave our audience off with any message that's intuitively coming in right now that you think is important for the audience to hear Mm. Oh boy. Yeah, what is coming in the most? We covered so much great stuff already. Oh. So it's light language again. Don't forget everyone on the planet can go back into their life and begin to love themselves, have a brand new start. This is the way you reclaim. Oh, reclaim the power of the people. Yeah, it's it, self-love. Self-love is the message. <laughs> self-love. So self blooms on this earth. Yeah. All right. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nicole. No, thank you so much for being on. And self-love is one of our greatest responsibilities on this spiritual path. It's the biggest one that I think we have to learn because uh, everything really stems from that place. So that message is beautiful. Mm. And for everyone who's here and you've, you know, Rebecca does Akashic record sessions. She can go into your Akashic records. She does incredible healing. She's just channeling. She's my go-to girl when I need some work done and I need some healing. <laughs> so um, just want to let you guys know if you want to book any sessions with Rebecca, I highly, highly suggest her. And I know Lisa's done some work with you. Unfortunately, Lisa and Brian have had some technical difficulties sorry and they're not here. yeah we're sorry they're not here but um this is what happens when you upgrade your internet i guess and then you have high frequency vibes like they do going through their house <laughs> maybe it's not meshing i don't know but um to our audience if you want to reach out to rebecca please go to her website rebeccarosebarfoot.com and you can book sessions with their her there and uh follow her on facebook as well or youtube her youtube channel because I'm sure she's going to be putting out more information soon. And, and to um, all of our listeners, um, 
also for you guys, I don't know if you're aware, but I'm also doing a, a coaching giveaway. So for those of you who are interested, I'm giving away a um, one month coaching program to five different people. And I've already given away the first one. And if you guys are interested and you want a chance to win, all you need to do is join my Alchemy program. And I'll leave that link in the description below for you guys who don't know. But if you're interested in kind of having some coaching one-on-one and you're, uh, you know, I, sometimes the funds aren't available and especially coming up to this time of year, you know, but you want to really invest in yourself. I've giving those away for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much, guys. You guys have a great uh, month and, uh, or have a great week, I should say. And next week we'll be back with Mary Ducina. She will be giving us some information on the astrological forecast for 2020. Uh, And if you have any questions that you would like her to answer, please send those in to us no later than uh, noon Eastern time on December 13th. Okay. Because that's when we'll be recording with her. Uh, Thanks so much, Rebecca, for coming on the show. And thank you to our audience. We will be back with you next time. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, lisaloveslove.com, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.